His Movies, the Shia LaBeouf Podcast. This is episode 18, Constantine, from 2005. Shia watched this movie at 1.45 a.m. on November 12th during his marathon. I'm Mike Manzi. And I'm Joey Lewandowski. For all the times that we've lamented no crossovers in the Cage Club Podcast Network, how we always said, how has Cage never worked with Keanu? How has Keanu never worked with Zac Efron? How has this never worked with that? Blah, blah, blah. We finally get a Keanu-Shia crossover, and I honestly don't know how to handle this movie. It was <laughs> too much for me to take in. Before we really get into it, Keanu is the star. Shia is sort of his sidekick, his tanto. But they say, they make a joke early on that he's the tanto who basically can't get into the club. Yeah. So he's he's there. He's just sort of in a couple different scenes. We have another actress in this movie that we've thought about doing. We may eventually do. Tilda Swinton is in this. She's also not in it a lot, but she's in a couple scenes. The craziest thing, the cherry on top of the cake, is that originally set to star in this movie was Nicolas Cage. Tarson Singh was supposed to direct this movie. Cage was attached to star. Tarson Singh said, if Cage is in the movie, I can't make the movie that I want to make. So he dropped out. And then after he dropped out, Cage dropped out. We haven't had a crossover movie in the however many podcasts we've done, however many episodes we've done. But here we are in basically the ultimate crossover movie. Basically everything that we could possibly do. I mean, Zac Efron's nowhere to be seen and there's no monkeys. But pretty much everything else that we want to do or we might do on this podcast, it's all here in one. And it's mind-blowing. Yeah, let me pick my brain up off the floor for a sec. Because until you just listed off everything there, I wasn't fully comprehending how much of like the ultimate crossover movie this actually turned out to be. I'm sure that there may have been a monkey in Papa Midnight's bar somewhere. I will go through (laughs) there with a freeze frame and check. It's pretty nuts. I I couldn't believe like all of this in in this uh, in this one movie here together. The the confession that I want to make up front is that I did not watch this movie intently because I didn't want to watch this movie and take because in instinctually I want to take notes about Keanu and what he's doing and yeah. what he's saying in his story. And I knew that's not what we're talking about here. And when we get to this movie for Keanu Club later next year sometime, I think in the summer, then we'll dive deeper because it is his movie. He is the star. Mm-hmm. There's more to talk about with him than anybody else. I only really cared when Shia was on screen. So honestly, if you offered me money to like give me to give you a detailed plot <laughs> of what happens to this movie, I know that Rachel Weiss is looking for her, her or her twin sister might have killed herself and that means that she's damned to hell for all eternity, and Rachel Weisz is trying to figure out what's going on. Beyond that, I don't really know what happened. <laughs> I've seen this movie a long time ago, but like, I don't want to talk about that, because we're not right. here to talk about the movie. We're here to talk about Shia. And like, yeah. I realized as we started this movie, or as I started watching the movie, I was like, oh, I don't know how to watch this. I don't know how to take notes on this, and I don't know how we're going to talk about it. <laughs> I mean, we can go into things, and I have a, you know, a general understanding. It's not like I didn't watch the movie, but when Shia was not on screen, I was paying less attention just because I didn't want to, like, tarnish... Because I feel like we're in a weird place for Keanu, right? Like, yeah. we're, in, we're in, like, 1995 for Keanu. This is 10 years later. I don't want to really see him doing his thing right now because we have a decade of growth. I mean, he is born and dies, spoiler alert, as Neo, in between where we are and where this is. <laughs> so, like, there's so much of his career that we haven't gotten to. I've seen a lot of those movies, and that's the decade that I'm most familiar with of his, but, like, I don't want to spoil or sort of tarnish where we are in Keanu Club because we happen to run into it here, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah no, that's totally fine. I mean, we're going to have plenty of time to talk about how, you know, the pick of destiny... 
I'm sorry, the Spear of Destiny has been found since World War II, and now Satan's son is trying to enter our world through Rachel Vice. Like, we'll have time to get there, and, you know, what's up with Tilda Swinton? Yeah, I basically, I watched this movie like I'd watch, you know, any other movie not for Keanu Club, and I just tried to take notes on the Shia stuff, and yep. try as hard as I could to kind of not not pay attention to Keanu, but try and picture it not as Keanu in a way, because like you said, we're just not here yet to the point where I can analyze what he's doing, because we're not even close to him being an anti-hero, and that's where he is now, you know what I'm saying? Right, like right, We still right. need him to be a bad guy, Neo, like all these other things, so like that was hard in a way, in a sense, like I didn't really take notes on that, I just tried to let the movie work wash over me for the most part and only when Shia was on screen I was like okay what's he doing what's he up to how is he servicing the story what's his whole deal here truthfully the biggest note I had for this movie is where is Shia yeah. <laughs> like he, he shows up and I'm like great he's Robin which was kind of funny he said, mentioned Robin and Tonto because this is a DC Universe movie and this is you know you could kind of say Constantine and Batman exist in the same world so it's kind of funny to him name dropping Robin like that it almost seemed like an insult or something. But yeah, for the most part, I tried to, you know, just pretend maybe Keanu wasn't even the actor and just, yeah, I just tried to focus on Shia as much as possible. I didn't want to get ahead of myself for Keanu Club, as it were. I have so many questions about Shia's character because, like, who, like, really, who is Chaz? What does he do when he's not needed to drive Keanu around? Mm-hmm. How does he make money? <laughs> we know that that's not his car. But whose car is it? Like, is it his dad's car? Like, is this a, the night of situation where <laughs> where Nas takes his dad's car and picks up that girl and maybe or maybe doesn't kill her? What is going on with this cab? Where what is happening? I don't know anything. Like, like he's so in, like I feel like I'm over analyzing him because we don't see a lot of him, and I'm trying yeah. to dive deep into this movie within the lens, within the scope of what we're doing here, and I just want to know more about him. Like, we know that he's got, like, a sense of humor. We know that he wants to be more important than he actually is. I think we get the sense that eventually, hopefully, you know, if he's not diagnosed with cancer, which he is in the movie, that Constantine will sort of bring him on as, like, a more full-fledged sidekick down the road. I don't know. We don't really know who he is right now, and I just I want to know everything about him. Yeah, I think one major problem that the movie has is that there's kind of too many characters here. Like, I kind of I like the idea that Constantine has like a team of people that he relies on, but I think he relies on too many people. You know, he's got like one or two priests, some weirdo that sells magic stuff, Shia to drive him around. I think he could have condensed all of his partners down to Shia as the apprentice, because as it is, he doesn't feel like an apprentice because he's barely around, and even. Constantine's like, you know, just shut up and watch. I'm not going to tell you any tricks of the trade or anything. So it's only the second time I've seen this movie. Yeah, me too. The, the first time I watched it, I was like, oh, like he was just some cab driver that Constantine called and and that's it. Like he's just going to be out of the movie. He's just a random cameo kind of thing. But then he kept following him around and popping up in other scenes and stuff. So I just kind of assumed when he's not hanging out with Constantine, he's driving that cab around trying to make extra money and then... You know, maybe Constantine will page him and say, hey, I need you to make me six magic bullets. I don't know how he learned to do that, but all of a sudden, <laughs> like, he's amazing at making bullets and stuff. Uh, who knows? Maybe he spends all that time studying biblical texts and secret weapon crafting. We know what he wants to be, and we know that he wants to be this guy who is on call to make special bullets and, like, get into this kind of stuff. I mean, at least I think he is, because when we see the very opening scene where he drops Keanu off of that first exorcism, where they trap the demon in the mirror and they drop the mirror out the window... 
and it falls on the cab, we have Shia talking to himself in the cab, building himself up as a tough guy. What? Oh, this is Kramer. Chaz Kramer, asshole. Chaz! What? Move the car. Why? Move the damn car! We see what he wants to be, or who he wants to be. I get the sense, and this is, you know, reading into the character because he's only on screen maybe for five or six minutes, but, like, I feel like he's really dissatisfied with his life. He wants something more. I mean, I don't know why I popped to my head. Because this place, this movie takes place in New York, right? I think it's Los Angeles. Then that doesn't... Well, I don't know why it popped in my head, but he reminds me of sort of the opposite of his butler character from New York, I Love You. That guy is, like, completely satisfied with his life, just willing to serve. And here, like, he wants to be, he, he has grander ambitions. And I feel like maybe I'm reading into this just because I want to see something more, but I feel like we haven't really had, I mean, I guess we sort of have had that in ways. I guess his character sort of inserts up as like that, like Sam Witwicky in Transformers is kind of like that. But I feel like in a lot of movies, he's sort of content where he is, at the company you keep, or in Wall Street where he's doing what he loves. And here, it's sort of, it's it's interesting to me to see a younger, kind of hungrier Shia want to be something more and try to like like the secret like will it into the world yeah i liked his sort of um go get him attitude you can't knock him down like that's the one thing i get at like every time constantine says no he won't take no for an answer right like he'll follow him into papa midnight's bar and get into a scuffle with the bouncer talk his way into going to that final battle like he won't take no for an answer and i like that about him but i wish we just had a little more backstory i mean all we really needed to know is like constantine saved his life from demons that killed his family or something or you know or like exercised i don't say he exercised his sister but he excised his sister of a demon or something and now he's in we need a we need a reason why he's committed right yeah that's how i feel about it is like i don't i like what he's bringing i actually kind of got like a mutt williams vibe from him someone who's just like down for adventure and quick on his feet kind of someone you'd want to have as a sidekick sure uh they're just really missing that one little meaning and it it's really just a small fix like i said like you really just need one line about like his backs like keanu saying or, or shia going you know like i knew like when you saved me from those demons like i'd you know help you out one day and keanu could have been like man that's like the one thing i wish i never did or something you know <laughs> like you could have played with that a little bit and then at the end you'd feel kind of you'd feel bad for him when he gets crushed to death by a demon and stuff like thrown against the wall several times and stuff because you're like oh they had a connection and you know there's sort of a life debt thing going on i mean he's really gone r2d2 soon at the end where we finally you know we, <laughs> we, we sort of get to know him and like he finally gets in and starts to tag along and then unfairly the demon just takes him and slams him into the ceiling and then into the bathtub and then into the ceiling again and into the floor and just like that he's gone i mean shia hasn't died in a lot of movies trying to think where he died before. It's actually, his twin died in Eagle Eye, uh, which is funny that there's another, that Rachel Weisz's character has a twin in this movie that dies. One of my peeves about films is when you have, like, that spare twin. (laughs) Just write him off. He dies in Fury. Mm -hmm. Does he tie in anything else? Yeah, I believe there was one or two, I think. Uh, I mean, there's the Great Penguin Massacre in Surf's Up. Yeah, that was brutal. (laughs) <laughs> Everyone went just that. gunned down like it was the beginning of uh, Saving Private Ryan. I feel like he does die in another movie. He doesn't die in Nymphomaniac. He doesn't die in Charlie Countryman, even though it's called the Necessary Death of Charlie Countryman. Doesn't die in the Company You Keep. 
lives through Lawless. Transformers, he's alive. Wall Street, he's alive. Eagle Eye, he's alive. New York, oh, New York, I love you, he died. There we go, that was it. So three, yeah, so this four is the movies. third time he's died. Okay. Yeah, but I feel like this is the most innocent of those characters, definitely in a way. Yeah, and you know what else was weird is we sort of talk about his look. Like he looks older in this movie than he does in the golf movie. I wonder if this was shot before yeah. and they had to do post production for a year or something like that. But I noticed that I was like, oh, I expected him to look more of like a baby face, but like for some reason he kind of looks like older and it's weird. Like I don't, he doesn't have like any hair on his face or anything, but there's just something sort of like gruffer about him in this movie. Maybe it's the hat that also kind of reminded me of Mutt Williams where he had like that weird Marlon Brando hat. Mm-hmm. I actually thought that he really carried himself well in this movie as far as like acting against Keanu you know I was like well here's Keanu who's been around the block by this point and you know he's very right. well established and he's a huge star and here comes a rising star in, in Shia and I was like wow like they really actually played off each other really well to the point where I was genuinely angry that he disappears for so long because Keanu like picks up Rachel Vice and drops Ke- and drops uh, Shia and I was like man this could have easily been you know like a three person movie you know to have Shia there as the comic relief yeah like a national treasure exactly exactly I was thinking that exactly that would have been great and I do like that Shia does have his sort of hero triumphant moment at the end where it looks like Keanu's about to get killed because I think he's out of shotgun bullets and then Shia sort of comes out of nowhere and shotguns the demon in the back of the head and saves Keanu's life. So even though he's not in the movie a lot, he is proving worthy of that sidekick role. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, look what we could have done if I was here with you the whole time. Yeah, it's unfortunate because like the stuff with Rachel Vice is cool, but it's all very mystery detective stuff, and they don't really tussle with any demons. And I feel like if Shia was there, it just would have added a lot of levity. They could have at least been joking around a little more and... I don't know, because I feel like the movie kind of, not that I don't like it, but it kind of loses me a little bit in the middle section there. Like, it gets a little convoluted when they're trying to figure out why is she having visions? Did her sister kill herself or not? Or we're replaying the tape, it's whispering constantly. Like, there's all these weird little clues and things that are cool and stuff. I feel like it kind of loses track a little bit. And if it just focused a little more on, like, the trio going after demons, yeah, like, yeah. it could have been just a little more streamlined and a lot more entertaining. And, like, I really don't know if that's coming from us from a place where where we just want to see Shia more in the movie because A, he's good in the role, but B, because we're, we're watching for him. Because I think the movie is pretty fine as it is. Like, I think the Keanu... I mean, you know, from what I saw, from what I paid attention to, <laughs> but I think the Keanu-Rachel Vice stuff is interesting. And I feel like a lot of those scenes are kind of, like, personal and intimate, and she's really, like, letting him into her life about what happened to her sister. And I feel like if there's another person in the room, I feel like we just don't necessarily get that. So yeah. I don't know... I'm not sure if it would work better if there's a third person. I just know that I would love to see Shia in more of this movie because I agree with you that he is really good in this. <laughs> Even if they had just regulated him to the driver and he never got out of that cab, at least he could drive Keanu and Rachel Vice to a location and then they could go inside without him and have like these little heart-to-heart moments. Because <laughs> I did notice Constantine, like throughout the course of the movie, is also unloading his baggage onto her as well, which I thought was kind of yeah. funny. So yeah, I do think there is room for him to work naturally throughout the movie, but I also understand what they're focusing on you know they the movie wants to focus more on the story and not so much the characters per se and it's much more interested in the mystery i guess or the case that they're trying to solve or the why as opposed to the who yeah i agree with that i mean you know again from from (laughs) from what i saw and from what i remember one of the ways that i was trying to not pay attention to keanu was just sort of look for other connections and i was also i was finding things to other keanu movies but also to cage but first of all for keanu you know he's always in clubs it seems like he's 
he's in this movie, he's in mm-hmm. a club. In John Wick, he's in the club. In The Matrix, obviously, he's in clubs. Even in The Night Before, he's in that bar with Laurie Lachlan. You know, Cage was always in prison. It feels like Keanu is always like in a bar or a nightclub or something like that. Yeah, almost where Cage's natural habitat was the beach. I feel like Keanu's mm. habitat is the nightclub. But I totally got Matrix vibes. I mean, even with Papa Midnight, he's a total sort of Morpheus, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> Constantine goes to him, you know, for extra knowledge and help and all kinds of clues and things like that. They even look similar and stuff. Um, it also fits this world as well, though. So it's kind of strange how, how similar set pieces work. Like, one is this supernatural horror movie, and one is this, you know, tech-noir cyber thriller, and yet they both feel, like, perfectly normal having these crazy nightclub scenes. I also realized on a similar note, not to The Matrix, but... Keanu sort of enters like full John Wick mode in this. Yes. That he's just, he gets like full badass, which I feel like we haven't really seen, unless I'm forgetting something. Mm, I mean, he hasn't really been... I feel like the closest he's gotten is like Point Break, right? With his shooting in that, like as far as the level of firepower that John Wick has Yeah, I mean, like, shown. speed, he has, like, the power and the command, but he doesn't really do anything like, all right, I need to go take out a lot of bad guys, like, right now. Yeah. Like, that's something that we're going to see in The Matrix, especially, like, in The Matrix Reloaded, I think, just, like, the Merovingian and everybody are, you know, they're all just, like, throwing guys at him <laughs> yeah, yeah, now yeah. that he's, like, this ultimate, and especially that's with all the Agent Smiths, and then up to John Wick and stuff. This is maybe, I want, I, I, this is the first time we've seen it where, again, this is not in order for Keanu. This is the first time we've seen him as, like, a true badass action star, and it's great. That's one of those scenes where, like, I'm trying not to pay attention, but also <laughs> loving it, like, and, like, having a hard time looking away because it's just so good. When he goes into full action mode in this movie, that's when I sort of am perking up. I can't help but pay attention <laughs> where I'm like, wow, like, he's doing it. Like, he's good at this anti-hero stuff. Like, I hope, you know, I can't wait to cover this in Keanu Club and stuff, but where is Chaz? What's he doing? Where is Chaz? <laughs> it's like, I want to enjoy the Keanu of this, but my mission here is to focus on the Shia. Another connection that I saw, and it's a cage connection, it's actually two in one, Ooh. is that our old buddy Peter Stormare came back, and Absolutely. he was in a few different Cage movies, and what's really weird, and this is kind of a stretch, at one point Keanu says to him, well, aren't you a peach? And I was like, whoa! Ooh. Like, peaches, obviously, if you've listened to Cage Club, we're now uh, we're now talking to a Shia audience referring to a Keanu movie about a Cage podcast, so I don't know who's <laughs> oh, no. going to track all of this. <laughs> We've fallen into us. our own finger trap here. <laughs> I feel a little bit like Alice tumbling down the rabbit hole. Mm. Peaches obviously have a huge significance in a couple different Cage movies, Face Off and Zondali, and I think maybe one other one that I can't think of off the top of my head. I mean, that's just a relatively common saying, and it's said ironically here, but to hear Keanu say that to Peter Stormare, I was like, whoa, like another little Cage connection to a movie that should have starred Cage. Or maybe not should have, but could have starred Cage. Yeah, I was just going to say, I wonder if that line was left in there as like an homage to Cage almost said it in this movie. Like, I don't, I'm just, you know, I doubt it. I'm just making that up. I don't think up, anybody like... who wrote this movie has any kind of Cage <laughs> knowledge like we do. So no, but you know, it as is... much as I would love for that to be real, I don't think it is. It's just so, the coincidence is so strong, though, since Cage was lined up to play this role and Keanu actually says Peach and stuff. I don't know. It's, it's fun to think about. Well, yeah, because like, what's weird is that you know I read the IMDb trivia for every movie that we do, and Keanu's name I don't think ever came up in a Cage movie. Mm-mm. It's like there's never been like an attempt at a crossover, and so now to see Cage's name come up or be attached to this movie in one regard, it almost encourages over-reading and a little bit too deep of a reading of this movie. 
And what else is kind of crazy is Cage did Ghost Rider, which is sort of like close to the Marvel version of Constantine in a way, where it's this guy with one foot in hell and one foot on earth kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Even that, keeping it going, like he went on to, he kind of, it's like, oh, well, I, it seems like he really wanted to play something like Constantine because he went and did Ghost Rider. So it's even crazier. Well, this movie was originally called Hellblazer. And yeah. It was changed because it was too similar to Hellboy. So Hellblazer even sounds more like Ghost Rider than Constantine. Yeah, Hellblazer was the comic that Constantine is from and then later on he got his own series as Constantine when they rebooted once the New 52 series that's I actually read Constantine for like a year and a half and it was pretty cool and I, I liked the character I watched the show when it was on Channel 7 I watched it when the character popped back up on Arrow later the next year on Channel 11 so I, I dig the character Constantine I, I like what he's about uh, I like that whole concept of him and I think he works like in television movies comics and regardless of who's playing him because Keanu doesn't look anything like he's portrayed in the comics he's actually British with short blonde hair huh um, yeah yeah, and I don't... Oh, yeah, because in the comics... So apparently in the comics, he was modeled after Sting. Did you yeah. know that? Yeah, mm-hmm. Right, I was just about to say that. They wanted to Americanize it, so they set it in California, and they made it, you know, more Keanu-y. But that's, mm. that's weird, like, for Sting to be this, like, badass... I don't know, it's cool, though. <laughs> but what's also cool is I don't think, you know, just because he looks different, the, the, the take on Constantine to Americanize him or whatever they did, I don't think it detracts from the essence of the character like the idea of this super powerful magician that is this chain smoking asshole right kind of street level exorcist kind of guy like i really enjoy that i think it's got a lot of potential for more stories and i'm not surprised if we get like another constantine in this new rebooted wbdc batman superman universe we have going on i I could even see keanu coming back i mean it'd be a stretch but i it, it feels like this constantine would fit within the parameters of the dc universe that we're experiencing right now yeah maybe i mean i feel like he's probably too old for the target cw demographic but hey who knows is the constantine on the tv series does he have a british accent or is he american yeah he's he's a british okay so this is really the only one that sort of like strays from yeah what it was the only other thing i think i want to say about this movie actually there's two other things number one the next movie we're doing is i robot and shia was recommended to akiva goldsman by will smith following his performance in iRobot. And I think Akiva Goldsman was maybe associated with iRobot 2. I don't know, but it seems like Wilson's like, hey, this kid's pretty good. Give him another movie. And so they gave him this. So that's cool. I mean, we're seeing... I feel like we're seeing more of that with him than we did for Keanu or Cage, or both of them, you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. we're seeing that because of this, like, Spielberg saw him, or because of that, this happened, or whatever, you know? Yeah. So I think it's cool to sort of, it's it's a more direct way to track his growth, and maybe that's just because Shia's coming of age in an era where the internet exists, as opposed to, you know, Cage and Keanu, at their point, this point in their career, it's the late 80s, maybe early 90s, it's a different kind of thing where there's not as many records kept, or, you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. it's, it's just a different time, and I wonder if that's the difference here. Yeah, yeah, marketing is just totally different, and it almost feels like he's skipping a couple steps, like he's skipping a few grades in school as far as Hollywood goes, where it's like he should kind of be starring in a couple more of like those things that Cage did, like a Firebirds, or maybe something that Keanu did like the night before, but instead he's getting these small roles in these giant 
blockbuster films and right. getting noticed that way and backstage by producers and executives and things and so he's getting sort of inserted ahead of the line it feels in a little bit of a way but I don't even I don't feel like it's undeserved either I really feel like he's holding his own and proving he can be there definitely I definitely agree with that other thing that I wanted to say is that this movie is this the first Shia movie with a post credit scene yes so he dies at the end of the movie and Keanu sort of mourns his loss and then goes to his grave at the end, and we see Shia perched on top of his grave with angel wings, and then sort of pulls a Neo, kind of, and, like, flies into the sky, flies up into heaven. Like, (laughs) this is a a cool little ending for Chaz, a cool little ending for Shia, and for the movie. I was so confused. Like, I had a a feeling there was a post-credit scene. I I don't remember seeing it the first time, but hearing about it after the fact, and then I was like, well, it's a comic book movie. Of course there's a post-credit scene. I'm so dumb. But I was really unprepared for... (laughs) for what we got because it's cool and everything it's just very sort of jarring to see Shia as an angel all of a sudden plus I didn't know humans could turn into angels I thought angels were just angels and you know we find out angels can turn into humans there's a little bit of like a dogma thing that happens here to an angel where its wings gets cut off and becomes yep. a human and stuff. And I wasn't aware that that humans could be sprout wings like that and fly up into the well, sky. Well, I think it's like when, when humans die, they become angels. I think that's probably the the religious iconography. Yeah, but he looked like a here. warrior angel. Like he was going to be able like to like, like he was going to come back in the sequel and mess shit up with Constantine. Maybe that's what he was training for that he didn't mm. know, but he was training for. Because I mean, in the biblical sense, and I feel like we should have John Brooks on here and we'll have him on here for Constantine when we do it for Keanu. But in the biblical sense, or at least in one religion, I think, that this life is sort of a life of service for the next life. And so in that sense, Shia is preparing himself to to be the best angel warrior he can be, and that's what he did. Oh, that's great. It's good for Constantine. <laughs> has Chaz looking over his shoulder now. That's pretty nice. Uh, the only other thing I had I wanted to say was that Michelle Monaghan is in one scene quickly, and you said she's in like a couple deleted yes. scenes that have the same dialogue, but she's back from Eagle Eye, or I guess back before Eagle Eye, but we will see her again in Eagle Eye, which we already talked about. Yeah. And once again, we sort of fall into the rabbit hole of the Mr. Show pre-taped call-in show where we're talking about things that already happened, but that haven't happened yet, and... You know, it's just confusing for everybody involved. But that Michelle Moynihan stuff, if I could address it quickly, is very confounding. Like, I was looking through the deleted scenes and watching them in order, and there's a scene of Keanu shirtless. He has more tattoos than just the two on his forearm, but I was wondering where the shirtless scene was, because it's like, come on, what's going on here? (laughs) Clearly there's a shirtless scene. Uh, And it was cut out, and he had just had a night of um, sipping Miss McGill's tea with Michelle Moynihan, and she was like a half-human, half-demon. You see her tail kind of moving underneath the sheets and she's kind of mocking him about having cancer and what are you going to do about it and he's like I'm not going to do anything about it Uh, and then a couple deleted scene later he's walking through the nightclub and up comes Michelle Moynihan and they're having the exact same dialogue it's like they couldn't so weird yeah it's like they couldn't decide where the scene should take place and how best to use it and And they ultimately decided that it belongs nowhere exactly yeah exactly and then like you said you see her for a split second towards the end in the hospital when he replaces the sprinkler systems with holy water and she says holy water towards the camera but I feel like they make her unrecognizable at that point I didn't notice her and then there's yet another deleted scene where after he has killed all the demons and before he confronts the last bad guy she's hiding underneath a table and he lets her live and she goes like running out of the hospital and Shia just goes what's up 
kind of amazing. He's like, I'll see you in Eagle Eye. I'll see you a couple years down the road. We, we can talk about our twins. Or we can talk about twins. Not, not, our, well, no. Has Shia ever been a twin? Yeah, in Eagle Eye. His twin is murdered. Oh, yeah, that's, that's right. That's okay. That's, that's like, what I'm thinking of. Yeah, 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 bring yeah, yeah. me the head of Shia LaBeouf is like the name I'm, of that I'm movie. so confused about like all this timeline stuff that I'm forgetting like the very basic <laughs> Shia information that we literally talked about 10 minutes ago. Uh, uh, so the next movie we're doing is iRobot, which I think he has a similarly small part in, if I remember right. Yeah, if memory serves, it's nearly the exact same role. So that's going to be, I mean, I love Will Smith. I mean, Will Smith was for a long time sort of my favorite, I don't know if he's my favorite movie, or my favorite actor, but my favorite movie star. Mm. So I'm excited to see that again. I don't know if it's good. We will find out. I'm excited to actually be able to watch a movie fully again uh, to see, you know, <laughs> that I, I don't have to look away from a, a Keanu performance, for instance. Yeah, we're not doing Will Smith Club at the moment, so you can, you know, you don't have to worry about tuning out the rest of the movie, like 80% of the movie. The other thing I want to say was that we apparently, we, we, we found out last night that there were a couple movies that Shia did toward the end of his marathon that might have differed from the list that we were working off of. And I thought we were working off the official list, but there were a couple movies one of which we can't find at all, either legally or Ill- illegally, without spending $300 on a VHS tape on Amazon, so not doing that. But we might do a couple other movies, so we'll figure out down the road, but all his movies might be extended by a couple episodes as we sort of do a little comprehensive Shia early years collection. Yeah, I think it was his his very first movie on his marathon and then his very last movie on his marathon are, are the two that are that are missing in action we'll work our way around that and see what we can come up with yeah so for all things all his movies you can go to cageclub.me or facebook.com slash cageclub you can see the episodes we've done see what's coming next and listen to this and other podcasts on the network i'm joey lewandowski and i'm mike manzi and we'll see you next time on all his movies i got an Ill-